Welcome to the Positive Impact Podcast, where we dive into the world of movers, shakers, and changemakers, creating a positive impact on the world. This is your host, Alexandra Black Pollock, and together we're going to tackle real issues, discovering how we can make the world a better place. All right, movers and shakers, I am in New Jersey doing an amazing trip with international relief teams where we go in and do disaster recovery. Joining me is Phyllis Laduca, who actually survived Storm Sandy, was here the entire time, and she's going to tell us not only about the storm, but also three years later, how the repairs are still being done in the area and what kind of improvements she's had on her home. Phyllis, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome, sweetheart. And she is a sweetheart. (laughs) Uh, Yes, well, during Superstorm Sandy, I think it was the wind that the winds were terrible. And I think that caused almost as much damage in this area, which is uh, where I am. My home is mainland, but we're six miles away or possibly a little further from Long Beach Island, which is a barrier island, highly populated during the summer, and also another place called Cedar Bonnet Island. They had more of the water and wind damage. My house is in a section where we didn't really expect that much damage, but when the winds came, it blew the roof off. I'm severely handicapped. I can't get up or around on my own, and uh, since the power went out, I literally was a prisoner of where I was. So you actually were here throughout the entire storm. During the entire storm. And the winds went on, it seemed, forever. Um, Fortunately, I had the grandson of a lifelong friend of mine. Uh, She sent him up to more or less babysit me during the storm. And he was in his 20s and able-bodied, thank God. Because when the roof went... Uh, and took this took the roof, and a good portion of um, water came in. It was during the brunt of the storm. Now I want to pause you there. The storm took the entire roof off the house. It took um, a good portion of it. I would say three quarters. Now, when roof. that roof went, what happened? It went in pieces. We heard the noise, and then we heard water coming through, and the water that was coming through was not ocean water or back bay. It was from the you know the, the storm itself coming straight down. And it came down so heavily that it broke through my kitchen ceiling once the roof had portions of the roof had gone and it triggered a flood in the kitchen. That uh, must have been terrifying. It was you know and I'm not that good a swimmer and I can't move my body anymore so but uh, fortunately, Nick, the, the young man that was supposed to babysit me and my, my pet, was in the kitchen with buckets and mopping things up, but it was coming down faster than he could deal with it. Um, anyway, once the storm passed, um, he put a tarp. He managed to get a huge tarp um, and put it all over the roof uh, until we could find a local contractor And then, um, uh, but what we didn't realize, of course, we had no power. And what we didn't realize was that after the roof went and the water came through the kitchen and the laundry area and everything, we didn't realize that the water went behind uh, 
the exterior and interior, well, or in between, the exterior and interior wall. When the power went back on, my ceiling fans blew. There was uh, like an electrical fire in the walls. So, of course, the fire department was here, um, handled the electrical fire, but my kitchen was covered with black soot. Uh, everything, of course, was very cold since we had only a tarp covering what, where the roof was. And then we had a good portion of the kitchen ceiling gone also. From the time that the storm hit and knocked out the power, how long was it before that power turned back on? I was very fortunate. My power came back on within, I th think, th three or four days. Others, it was uh, well over a week or more. Um, so our power went on um, far faster than someone even three blocks further away. Wow. So for that, I was very, very grateful. But unfortunately, I was here during most of the storm rather than evacuated because they really had no place to put me. I need, spe as you can see, uh, I need special medical equipment and a setup. Um, so I was here. Now, uh, how long was that evacuation that they had? Uh, for many people, it was uh, days into weeks. And some people are still out of their homes in this area. Three years later. Three years later. There are people who are uh, still waiting to have their homes either lifted, uh, elevated to a new code, um, or demolished. Um, or even just repaired. Just repaired also. And there are some funds that were allocated, but somehow or other, bureaucracy, again, uh, on the state level apparently, um, they're not getting the money coming through. Only two-thirds receive the funding and the help necessary. Actually, the site leader for the area and the project that I'm working on was telling us about not only corruption, but also scammers who came in. Oh, yes. How one of the projects they did a couple months ago, a couple had insurance money, they had $40,000, and they gave it up front, which is definitely a mistake, right. but they gave it to a contractor and they never saw him never again. Never saw him again. We had a lot of people coming by, knocking on doors, if they saw like the tarp on the roof or whatever. Um, I had a few people stop by and I said, no, I'd prefer to use local contractors unless they did have uh, some people in the area who were checking out the backgrounds and, you know, doing the background checks on these people and trying to give them more ver uh, verification. But fortunately for me, um, I remembered the name. I was referred to someone we knew locally and um, he was so backlogged, but his son had a crew, and he told him my situation, and they did their work for me on weekends. Oh, that they, is uh, so sweet. They came in, and uh, uh, he let me pay him in um, payments rather than upfront, and they were lovely to me, and they try to do it as fast as they can. Otherwise, I'd probably still be waiting for a roof repair. Right, because... As we mentioned, people are still evacuated. They are still evacuated. And it's a shame. And we're not just talking. I'm low income because of the medical issues and uh, the money uh, through the years. 40 years of savings went in two years while I was awaiting diagnoses. However, uh, there were people who had everything. They had 
the funds, they had the insurance, everything, and they're still waiting. They're still waiting because, of course, the insurance is not giving you 100% coverage. So let's recap this. Three years later, we still have individuals, and it's affecting everyone, regardless if you had homeowner's insurance, regardless, you know, if your home was maybe lifted, who are still unable to live in their homes. And while all of this is going on, we've had scammers, we've had corruption. Uh Just, you know, even the three years afterwards have been a struggle for this community. For many people. For many, many people. And it is... Terrible. You know, there are people, uh, well, you and I spoke privately a little while ago, and I told you that, um, the, you know, A Future with Hope and the international relief teams were my earth angels when I needed help for a ramp. And yet, um, there are so many people who are earth angels for others when there are tragedies, whether it's uh, war tragedies, earthquakes, storms, whatever. And they give of themselves. They, you know, it's almost a form of tithing for them, and they're wonderful. Well, let's talk about that team. So, Future with Hope is one of the partners of International Relief Teams, and I'm with um, several of the, uh, as you mentioned, Earth Angels who actually worked on your wheelchair ramp outside, right. and they are individuals who come almost every single trip that International Relief Team does a year so that's five or six trips a year to come out here and they work on homes i've been working on with them all day they've been teaching me how to roof whoever thought i would be putting a roof on a home um so how did you get connected with a future of hope um i had only five brick steps out the front of my house and a few times um when i needed to be taken to the hospital or to a doctor to put me on a stretcher and get me down five steps was a major issue. And after Superstorm Sandy, the steps were damaged also a little bit. And I had a lot of problems because every time they'd get you down the steps, your back would be jarred, everything else. Um, And after uh, the problem with Superstorm, I just, there was no money to do a ramp or whatever. And I had some other damages from the storm. And um, we have on Long Beach Island uh, a a lot of people who either volunteer or work for the center. And they've been helpful to me in the past. And I gave a call. And one of the women there, Claudia Freeman, uh, suggested to me a list of names that were helping people who suffered either uh, damages as a result of Superstorm Sandy or other type of uh, problems or who also would consider helping people who were at a low uh, income level and who needed help with things like ramps or were disabled and she gave me a whole list of names and honestly when I look back I know I called A Future With Hope along with several other places and they were one of the two that got back to me. One of two. One of two. It and was I, meant to be a future with it, hope. I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. And a lovely woman came down uh, from a future with hope, spoke to me, saw what was going on, uh, saw my needs. And I think at the time she came down, uh, ServPro had been here. And because uh, the, the kitchen not only was wet, but it had the black soot when we had the fire and everything. 
And I think she just felt her heart bled for me because she saw I was very limited in movement and everything. And I told her about the financial situation. And she said, Phyllis, I'm going to uh, give the details of your case. She walked around outside. She saw what was going on. Um, and she said, we're not going to forget you. And I remembered her saying that we, we will not forget you. You know, and then I think a month or two later, I got a call. And uh, she said one of the foremen and designers was going to come out and see if it was within their realm of helping me. And Travis, who later was the foreman on the job. He's actually the foreman on my job, too. Yes, he really Met was. him several times. Oh, he's wonderful. He wonderful. is. Wonderful. And um, Travis came out, looked around. He spoke with me. And uh, next thing I know, he's outside for about 20 minutes, comes back in, and had a sketch. And he said, this is what we're going to do. He said, we, he said, because I told him I was afraid of being a prisoner in the house of, you know, during situations like that, and I couldn't afford anything. Um, and the next thing I know, uh, these wonderful people from all over America showed up, and it was the two days after I got home from a nursing home. And I had been damaged uh, when I was taken to the nursing home for some rehab and some, I had been first taken to a hospital and then uh, the nursing home for a bit. Um, and they had to bring me back on those brick steps. Um, and the reason I was even happier about it was that the last time I was taken out as an emergency, um, they took me to the local hospital. The EMS driver was shorthanded and he didn't want to take me out on a stretcher. And as you can see, my lovely interviewer, uh, I'm a tall woman. Very tall. <laughs> Very tall. I'm 5'10", you know, and I'm no, you know, I'm no tiny little lady in any way, uh, horizontal or vertical. And um, the gentleman that was going to take me out, the EMS man, um, he didn't want to do it on stretcher. And they have these little tiny metal chairs and I said, is that for a seven-year-old child? You know, and he strapped me in it, and they kind of wheel you down the steps. And one of the pol local police officers said to him, oh, don't do that. It's going to hurt her back. Let me help you. But by this time, with the help of my aide, uh, he was bringing me down the steps, and every time it was injuring my back. It took me almost a year. My back was damaged. Oh. I know they didn't mean to, but... It took me almost a year, and oddly enough, God works and really does work in mysterious ways. That week that your crew, the uh, Future with Hope crew, was here doing the ramp, um, I had to be in a hospital bed in my living room, where I still am to this day, but we had to hoya me quite a bit, uh, lifting from chairs and everything, and the uh, aides at that time, some were familiar, some weren't. And one of your lovely ladies was a nurse. This was a volunteer named Diane, Diane. who yes. is just such an, a phenomenal volunteer. Oh I've been God. hearing about her all week. She is phenomenal. Oh, my God. When I say earth angel, phenomenal. She came in on several occasions 
saw what was going on. I SOS her a few times as a nurse. And uh, she showed basically how to safely take care of me. She was a godsend. Uh, At least twice uh, I asked them, please would you... Diane will show you how to Check with Diane. She's got this covered. Oh, my God. Does she have everything covered? And can wield the hammer as well. How about that? There you go. Yeah, that that wheelchair ramp looks pretty sturdy outside. (laughs) You know, no one can get over the job they did. So professional. Uh, Beautifully, beautiful job. And if I had a fortune, I could not have a ramp done as well as they did it. The volunteers... that IRT and a Future with Hope partners with, they have such a dedication and oh. pride in their work. It's amazing. Oh. It is absolutely amazing. And it's a very high standard to work with them, I have to admit. It is. Well, before we wrap up, I'm kind of curious. So after this whole long process, and now you've had the ramp for going on close to a year, what are your kind of final thoughts about the ramp? Well, first of all, uh, I've been out on stretcher, uh, granted, but still out uh, more times last year um, than I was in five years prior. This came just in time. This came just in time because uh, our we have a hospital here called Deborah Heart and Lung. It's about half an hour away. And I had seen five specialists there, uh, endovascular, pulmonary, etc., because I was having... Uh, flare-ups of various conditions, um, including what they then thought was advancing scleroderma and polymyositis. I have another condition that's very strange called Milroy's lymphedema. And my uh, mobility due to all of them was really getting worse and worse and worse. Um, So shortly after the ramp was put in, the doctors at Deborah felt that I should get into a research project. And sure enough, since that ramp was built, after Deborah, it was like every other week, I was going to Thomas Jefferson Hospital um, by ambulance uh, to see different specialists in every single department of Thomas Jefferson. And finally, it was almost the whole year. I would say from, um, oh, almost the whole year of those trips, and the first ambulance that came to take me week after week were the same ambulance drivers and attendant that had come and brought me from the nursing home on the brick steps. Oh, I bet you they were thrilled. Oh, oh God, thrilled isn't the word. I thought he was going to get out and kiss the, kiss the ramp. And uh, every time they came to take me out of the house on stretcher into the ambulance, they would always say, thank God for that ramp. And when you talk to those people who did it for you, you tell them not only do you thank them, but the ambulance drivers thank them. What an incredible difference a ramp can make. It can. It can. Well, Phyllis, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Oh, you are very, very welcome. And I can't say enough about A Future with Hope or the international relief teams or all the people gave of their heart and soul and time and effort. I wonder if they even know what a difference it makes. I think they do. I think that's what keeps bringing them back trip after trip. There are countless stories all across the New Jersey shore of similar families 
still recovering from the storm today, three years later. I am so honored that I was able to go with international relief teams and volunteer with nine other dedicated individuals who are committed to getting these families back in their home. And I have to admit, I was super surprised. Most of the volunteers are retired and I was totally expecting this super low key pace throughout the week. Not the case. These individuals totally kicked my butt. We were working really hard all week and I was so impressed with what we were able to accomplish. For photos from my trip, as well as some incredible photos showcasing the craftsmanship of the ramp that they put in front of Phyllis's home, head on over to our show notes page at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash stories slash IRT. Until next time, keep doing your part to make the world a better place.